This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey, welcome back. This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. Back with my week 53 of the Silver Bowl market. Now, each week I, I do this a little bit differently. Sometimes it's more of a weekly wrap-up video. Sometimes it's focusing on the recent price action in the silver and gold markets. Today I want to focus on the silver supply and demand side of things, which I think remains very bullish. And and I want to focus on what is maybe one of the biggest drivers of silver demand around the globe. And I'm not talking about U.S. mint sales, birth mint sales, or any sort of investment demand here in what we call like the Western world. Rather, I want to talk about one country from the East that for many years now has been absolutely hoarding physical silver. And of course, I'm talking about India. We have uh, import numbers from India, the amount of silver they're importing, because they don't produce a whole lot domestically. Uh, how much they're importing over the last, you know, for, from the beginning of the year through August. And if you look at August in particular, um, over 60 or 70% higher than the amount of silver that was imported the year prior. In fact, if you want to put numbers to this, it was over 500 tons of silver imported. Now, that doesn't mean a whole lot to most of us. We're talking troy ounces, right? So if you convert that to troy ounces, we're talking in the ballpark of 15 million troy ounces. I'm assuming those are tons and not metric tons. But 15,000, sorry, 15 million troy ounces imported in India in a single month. And that's not even their best month of the year. I, I want to say it was July or June that they had absolutely enormous amounts of silver that they imported right and if you look at just august which again was was not one of their higher months on the year 15 million ounces you know if you take global silver production and uh you even it out over the span of 12 months so uh, about a billion troy ounces divided by 12 12 months in the year you come up with the number around 83 million troy ounces a month produced and and india accounted for like 15 million of those and again not a super high importing uh, month that's almost 20 percent of global production accounted for just in india and what's really interesting about india is that you know as it relates to silver you know they do use a fair bit in industry because india does produce you know, electronic products and whatnot, whether it's solar panels, cell phones, uh, laptops, whatever, right? They're maybe not as industrialized as, as China, but they use a fair bit of silver for that. However, you know, we've seen over the last couple of years that silver has been huge among consumers as, as a investment product and for jewelry, whether it's for, I mean, it's real common in, in Indian and Hindu culture to to buy silver or gold jewelry for things like Diwali, uh, for like gifts, 
or for weddings, whatever. And, and what we're seeing is that silver is, is being used a ton for that. Now, a lot of people would say that that's not in any way, shape, or form them buying it for investment purposes. First of all, there are a lot of Indians that do buy it for investment purposes or for savings. A vast uh, portion of, of the Indian population actually chooses to hold a large amount of their wealth in, in real estate and precious metals versus the banking system. This is something their banking system and their, their government really dislikes, right? They've really been cracking down on especially gold over the last uh, couple of years in terms of the gold trade, gold imports, all of that. However, as I said, even these these products that may not be bars or, or coins, silver bars, silver coins, but rather large pieces of silver jewelry, there's a certain amount of wealth preservation to that, right? I think it goes beyond just this idea that, well, silver is pretty or gold is pretty, right? Uh, these are large pieces of jewelry. These aren't little dainty necklaces or rings that we might be used to here in, in the Western world. And I don't want to cast a broad generalization about Indian culture, something that I don't know a ton about. Uh, but we're, we're talking about a large, you know, millions of ounces of silver that go towards us each year. This is a lot. And, and you know, at some point, this is, there, there's some monetary aspect to this. This has value. There's more to it than just that it it looks pretty, right? There's a certain amount of value. There's reasons that families gift other families for, for weddings or whatever. Real silver, real gold, right? Now, if you look at gold imports, uh, they were down uh, a bit in August. Now, I, I take some of these numbers with, with a, a grain of salt. I, I think the black market in India is far larger than their government would like to acknowledge, because of regulations and, and import duties on, on gold and whatnot. Uh, again, trying to, you know, uh, stave off demand for gold and, and, and silver among the population because they like to have, they, they would prefer they have their, their money in the banking system versus in uh, physical silver and gold. And of course, they come up with a lot of the class, classic excuses that it's used for the black market for whatever, drug trade or, or illicit uses or tax evasion, which, you know, there's probably some truth to that, especially the, the tax evasion piece of things. Uh, but that, that's not a great reason to, to get rid of it. In fact, you know, the, the, the rupee, the, the bill, the cash is probably used far more than silver and gold for those uses. And that's not at all a case to, to, to get rid of the the physical note either, which is something that the Indian government has been pushing towards over the last couple of years. Uh, but, but anyways, you got to ask the question at some point, are we looking in the wrong places for this next supply and demand squeeze in the silver market? Because for a while now, I've, I've sort of been of the opinion that, yes, India is importing a massive amount of silver. That's probably not going to change. But to really tip the balance in favor of higher prices and a squeeze in the physical side of things, we're going to have to get... This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. 
Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. More investment demand from the rest of the world, including the United States and Europe and whatnot. Uh, investors looking to silver and gold for safety. And I think that that's still the case. I, I don't believe that India is going to be solely responsible for the next move up. With that being said, I don't see their market slowing down anytime soon. And unless the government cracks down on imports significantly, which is is certainly a possibility, I, I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. Because we, we've seen over the last couple of years, the rupee, the Indian rupee, uh, lose a fair bit of value relative to other currencies, notably the dollar. And this is not unusual. High amounts of inflation in India is, is not at all new to Indians. It's, it's a fact of life. right? They deal with inflation year in, year out. That's on par with what the U.S. dealt with for some years in like the 70s. right? Some years are better than others, sure. But, but much higher rates of inflation than what we have here. And we could talk about the reasons why that's the case. But a lot of individuals in India choose to preserve their wealth in, in metal form, silver and gold. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. In fact, you know, if you look at 2018, when the Indian rupee was going through a significant uh, devaluation, like so many other emerging market currencies, whether it is the Indonesian, uh, is it the rupee? I think, uh, you, you had the South Korean won, you had the Turkish lira, the, 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 um, the Brazilian real, uh, Argentine peso, a ton of other currencies, the Mexican peso, uh, all underwent a significant devaluation. You saw, what we saw in the statistics is a huge jump in importations of silver. And I don't think that as you know, much of the rest of the world heads into a recession, and a devaluation of their own currencies, I'm talking the euro, the yuan, the yen, the dollar, the pound, etc., that somehow the rupee is going to come out as, as um, some sort of safe haven currency. No, I think, I think maybe we'll see that with like the Swiss franc, uh, maybe the Russian ruble. Uh, but, but as far as fiat currencies, I don't think there's too many that, that will fit that description. I think it, it's going to be hard assets that are going to be seen as a safe haven. Even the dollar, maybe for a time will be, but, but eventually that will go away too. And so don't look to the rupee for, for filling that role. No, if anything, they're going to be devalued just as bad, if not worse, than a lot of these other currencies. And if anything, I would expect that to spark more demand for silver. Now, yes, I mean, we're talking about a global economic slowdown. And that's going to affect the amount of disposable income that Indians have to, to invest in these metals. But again, I'm doubtful that that's going to significantly cause a drop. If anything, you know, a slower economy, higher amounts of inflation uh, could really play into that um, fear-based buying or, or uh, you know, like some of us, we, we might buy it as sort of a financial prep or financial preparation for a significant economic downturn. I think the same is going to be true for India. I, I think that they are, will continue to be a huge part of this silver supply and demand side of things. I mean, they, they are accumulating a huge hoard of silver, which I think will do their population quite a bit of good um, 
as we, we kind of move into this next uh, phase of, of this economic global economic cycle. Uh, but I also don't think that they are going to be the drivers that, to, to cause silver and gold or silver to, to enter another bull market. I think the fact of the matter is that if silver gets too expensive, you're going to see those purchases drop off in India. Whereas in the United States and much of the Western world, I think you'll see more and more speculative buying of silver, momentum buying, right? Silver breaks 20, well, that must mean it's going to 30, let's buy now, right? So obviously for people like you and I, I mean, the time to buy is, well, I had a, actually a comment the other day, somebody asking, is, is now a good time to buy silver? And and uh, I think it was Eddie's Little Stacks. He comments a lot on my channel. I appreciate it, Eddie. He comments, uh, you know, the analogy of the tree, Um the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. And, and I tend to agree that the same is true for metals, right? We're, we're going to hit that point where there's that momentum buying, that, that very rapid move up in silver to 20, 30, 40, whatever. The, the sky's the limit. But the, the time to buy is not in the midst of, of a mania or, or a ton of that momentum buying or anything like that or in the midst of a major economic slowdown. No, the time to buy is when prices are relatively tame and relatively low, right? Because at some point, I think it's be more of a matter not only of what price it is, but are you going to be able to get your hands on a physical silver? We saw that in in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand eleven, where where people would have trouble getting their hands on silver. Huge wait times when they would order silver online, weeks something that we're not really used to right now, right? And so, again, you know, I think the time to stack silver was was probably quite a while ago. And, of course, don't take any of this as investment advice, just my own opinion. Uh, but the second best time is, is probably right now. So, as always, I, I appreciate the support from every single one of you uh, watching or listening to this podcast. If you want to go from above and beyond, I would encourage you to check out my Patreon. You don't even need to subscribe or anything like that on patreon just check it out right uh i'm doing a weekly patreon exclusive podcast um, i offer you guys a chance to to help me create content give me ideas questions etc i've used many ideas for my patreons in the past um, so i would ask that you just check it out uh you don't have to sign up but if you do choose to the little is a dollar a month i mean that's like a gas gas station coffee that's like you know, a, a third of a gallon of gas, not very much money. So if you want to support me over there, I'd very much appreciate it. But as always, I'm just happy to have you guys here in the first place. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast and God bless.